Good morning. Today is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's great to see everybody here this morning. What a wonderful Lord's Day. Let's begin this morning with number 51, Father of Mercies. Join me in prayer, please. Almighty God, we just thank you so much for this opportunity we have to come together as like-minded Christians, to hear a portion of your word, to sing songs and praise to you, Father, our creator, our provider. We thank you for all the blessings that you shower on us each and every day. Father, we do have many on our sick list. We have some cancer concerns, and we have other concerns. And it's our prayer that you would heal all of our sick. Heal our country of COVID-19. Heal the world of COVID-19. Let us come back to what was a normal life for us so we can enjoy your creation. Father, we ask your blessings on all the first responders, the police, the firemen, our military, everyone who strives in their life's work to keep us safe and healthy. Please bless them. They need your blessings.
And Father, we thank you so much for Mike and Sue and Matt and Amy. We thank you for our elders who work so hard, our deacons who are always doing something for the church and the congregation. Please be with them, keep them inspired. And Father, as we go through this service, let us put the cares of the world out of our mind. Let us concentrate on you and the most gracious gift of all, your son Jesus. And it's in his holy name we pray, amen. To help us prepare our thoughts for the Lord's Supper, we'll sing number 318, 318. Christ continues to clean us and ask us now we ask you now at this time to bless this loaf as we partake of it in Christ's name we pray amen show up right continuing in thanks father we're thankful for the blood that was shed on the cross for we know without the shedding of blood that there is no forgiveness of sins. 
and we know that Jesus' blood continues to wash us and keep us safe and, and, and sin-free in, in your sight. As we partake of this fruit of the vine that represents his blood, we pray that we'll do so in a manner pleasing unto you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Before Mike's lesson this morning, we're going to sing number two, We Praise Thee, O God. If it's convenient for you, would you please stand for this hymn? We are going to open the church up next week. Yay. I got some yays. Uh, the yellow tape will be gone, and you all will be able to sit. But we ask you to still be, still be cautious for other people. Not everybody has gotten a vaccination yet. And there are some who haven't gotten one because they're not allowed to yet. We only have the 40 and up crowd, so those who are under 40, they haven't found an opening yet unless they work in the right place. So still be cautious for them. Wear a mask if you need to. And we're not going to take any COVID-19 tests as they walk through the door. So uh, if they're still afraid, 
take that into consideration. There are some who don't want to touch and they don't want to shake hands and you get an elbow and that's the way they do it. So uh, if we could do it without consideration, I think it'll be a great success. We're moving on in, in the book of First John. This Wednesday night, we're going to finish up 15 through 17. We went over 15 last week, and then we're going to get 16 and 17 this week. So uh, if you'd like to come, you get to ask questions and see things through, and I will answer them as long as you still have a question. So if you'd like to come here, that's great. If you don't want to get out of the house late at night, you can just tune in on Facebook. Read what? Children, it is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many, many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that this is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they're not of us. But you've been anointed by the Holy One. And you have the knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who de denies the Father and the Son has the Father also. But whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us. Eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as this anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it was taught you, abide in him. Now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and shrink and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Would you pray with me, please? 
Father, we come before you today with one of the most difficult passages in the Bible, especially in 1 John. I ask you to open our eyes so that we can see the truth there and understand it. Lord, we want to be in you and to trust you as our Savior. I ask that you help me get out of the way so that the people here can see you clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. My wife found this for me on the internet. It's the story of the truth and lie. I often find myself fascinated with the intricacies of how we, how we perceive truth. How we're willing to accept the truth or reject it in order to give ourselves peace of mind when confronted with inconvenient realities. It seems we, as a society, have become experts, whether consciously or subconsciously, in deconstructing what we know are factual truths and reconstructing them so they can be more appropriate, more known, and more comfortable. Why do we do this? Why well, have become so good at it? A stranger recently told me a story which seemed to answer the questions quite clear. The story goes something like this. One day, truth and lie stood by a river just outside of the town. They were twin brothers, and lie challenged truth to a race, claiming he could swim across the river faster than truth. Lie laid out the rules to the challenge, stating that they must swim across. But first, they must remove all their clothes. And at the count of three, dive into the freezing water, swim to the other side. But when lie counted to three, truth jumped in. But lie did not. As truth swam across the river, why lie put on truth's clothes and walked back into town dressed as truth? He proudly paraded around the town pretending to be truth, but when truth made it back to shore, his clothes were gone. And he would have to go back to town naked unless he dressed as lie. Refusing to dress himself as lie, truth walked back into town naked, but people stared and glared as he walked through town. He tried to explain that he was truth, 
But because he was naked and uncomfortable to look at, people mocked and shunned him, refusing to believe that he was really truth. The people in town chose to believe lie because he was dressed appropriately and easier to look at. But from that day to this, people have come to believe a lie rather than the naked truth. I started thinking about that and I started thinking about going and reading social media and it's amazing what you can read on those pages. One person says this, the other person says that, and you know they both can't be true. And yet, we seem to get this thing fed and that was inside us, and we never really look at it as whether it's true or not. That's what's happening over in Corinth, in 1 John. I'm going here. Doctrine exists. Doctrine comes first. And third, knowing who is the liar and who has the truth. Let's start talking about doctrine. Doctrine, biblically, is a core set of beliefs. That if you're going to be a Christian and follow, you have to accept that core set of beliefs. He writes in 1 John, children, it's the last hour, and you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, and so many Antichrists have come. Stop there. There's a group of people who are waiting for the Antichrist to show up. And then there's a group of people who have named different people in the the history of us. More recently, it was Hitler, Machiavelli, John Kennedy. They, They look at these people and say, they are the Antichrist and this is the end of days. Notice, they had already come in John's day. They were already there. Therefore, we know that this is the last hour. These are the last days. There won't be another time when God sends another messenger to try to get us to change. He sent his son. There's nothing else that he's got. They went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out but they went out that it might become plain that they're all not of us. There's a clash between the two groups. The group that has held on to these core belief truths and a group that has decided they wanted to change them just a little bit. In chapter 4, beloved Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ 
is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We had this one on Wednesday night, but these are the core beliefs that he says are necessary to believe if you're going to be saved. The first is, in the beginning, Christ was equal with God in heaven. It says, he who being in the very nature of God, co-equal, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But he was up there and had all the powers of God himself, and he gives them up. He makes himself nothing and takes on the nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And then he tells you why. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. They are the fundamental beliefs that we have to have. That Jesus Christ, equal to God, became man and died for us on the cross so that we can be saved by what he did. Now, a lot of people don't believe that. In fact, this belief that Christ died, was God, became man, isn't accepted by any religion other than Christianity. Well, they make him a great teacher. Or some just make him a great miracle worker. Or others make him a prophet. They don't want to talk about him being a sacrifice. He was God and came down and died. They don't think... God would ever be caught as a man. After all, it's such a demotion. He's talking about a group that we talked about way back yonder of Gnostics. And the Gnostics taught we had basically two sides that weren't connected. We had a spiritual side, and that spiritual side was to learn more about what spiritual people did. And the more you learn, the better you got. And then there was the fleshly side. That's the human side that has these drives and desires, and they're not always nice. But they taught that a man, just an ordinary man, was baptized by John, and at that time, a spiritual force came down from heaven and dwelt on that man so that he would know right from wrong. He could do miracles because he had that spirit that came down on him. He could do things that no other man did do. And so he, everything was right, but it got some people really upset because he bucked the tradition 
traditions. And so they decided to crucify him. And when they decided to crucify him, that spiritual being went back to heaven. And the man who died on the cross was an ordinary man like you and me. It was one of those doctrines that everybody looked at and said, there's a lot of good things in there. It's the kind of thing like, does doctrine matter? Just so you're a good person. Doesn't matter what you believe at all, just so that you believe that you can hurt other people and you don't want to hurt other people and you just live a, an okay life. There is so much about this. But Jesus being equal to God and giving that all up so that he could die a death, burial, and resurrection which makes us pure in God's sight. We are saved by what he did, not what we do. It's not that I, I can do enough good stuff that I can merit heaven. You know, I just continue to do good stuff and continue to do good stuff. And It's not that I am good enough. I try hard to be good, but I'm not good enough to approach the goodness of God. So we are saved by what Jesus did. Is it important? Now, if you're from my generation, I know about what age you are. Uh, this is Jim Jones. Jim Jones claimed to be the Christ. They ended up in Ghana, and Congressman Ryan got a letter from somebody that was part of it, and he went down to check it out, and some people wanted to come home, and, and it looked like that Jim Jones was just, if you don't want to be here, go home. But as Congressman Ryan started towards the airplane, when he arrived, there was a tractor full of gunmen, and they gunned down the people. While back in Africa, he told his people to drink Cyanide-laced Kool-Aid. 907 people died. Why wouldn't you do what you thought the Christ wanted you to do? Another one that's a little more recent maybe would help you. This is David Koresh. David Koresh used Revelation and twisted it this way and twisted it that way so that he said he was the Christ. First thing he did when he got people to believe he was the Christ was cancel all marriages. Now that had been fighting words with me. I'm not giving Sue up. But uh, once he canceled all marriages, those who were attractive to him, he married. And some of them were as young as 12. This got out about him, and so the government decided they would go over and they would end this kind of thing happening. 
because it was child abuse, and David caressed, set the place on fire. And over 100 people died. You see, knowing who Christ is makes such a big difference. And when you know who he is and you got the doctrine straight, you know these people aren't. Children's the last hour, and the Antichrist is coming. So many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know this is the last hour. Last hour is last period of time. They went out from us, but they weren't of us. If they'd been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might be claimed, become plain that they're all not of us. But you've been anointed by the Holy One, and you have the knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son, but no one who denies the Son has the Father but whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. You see the doctrine we've got to hold on to? Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and he died on a cross for our sins. When he died on that cross, it made a world of difference. When the people on the day of Pentecost realized what they had done, in crucifying him, they cried out to the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter told them to repent. That's a change of mind. I'm going to stop depending on me and depend on Christ. And then be baptized for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We can do that this morning. But if you stop trusting him for your salvation, there's no better time than now to start. If there's a way that we can help you get your life in line with what Christ wants it to be, won't you come? Why, together we stand and sing.
Thank you, Mike. We appreciate each of you being here this morning, uh, whether you're visiting with us on the in the building or whether you're on the internet. We appreciate you worshiping with us. I have just a few reminders before we close. As Mike mentioned in his opening comments, uh, we will be opening up a little bit next week. Uh, we will have a Bible study for every age at 9 p.m. And our morning worship will be at 10. Please make note of that so that you can plan accordingly. It is different. Uh, the morning worship will be slightly opened up in that we will suggest masks. Uh, we will no longer be emphasizing social distancing. We want you to do what's right for you. Um, and then in the evening, we have a, a 5 p.m. worship that will be mask required and social distancing enforced. So, uh, and there, of course, there's always the option of joining us by way of Zoom or Facebook. So, again, we encourage you to make the choice that you feel safe in participating in. An update on some of our sick. Lex Pierce Jr. was diagnosed with lung cancer. They're going to be uh, exploring options for his treatment at the Moffitt Center. Please keep Lex Jr. in your prayers. Hank Harris is in Titusville Nursing Rehab. Uh, I'm sure you already knew that, but what you may not know is Hank recently got a new cell phone, so you can call him if you'd like to talk to him. Uh, I spoke with him last evening, and he let me know that he's going to be able to receive visitors starting tomorrow, but you have to call ahead to schedule that. So if you care to go and encourage Hank, it is possible to do now. Also, we want to remember Mitzi Robinson, who will be having her surgery on April 15th. It's been a long, tough comp, uh, situation for her, and so please pray that this is the beginning of the solution for her. Pray for all of our sick. We ask it. Closing hymn this morning will be number 778. Just want to let everybody know I got a 
little spot on top of my head. It's for the older ladies to just let you know it's not 20 years, 20 year, 27 years of marriage. Megan had to finally use a frying pan. Um, it, it had a little cancer spot up there, so just want to let you guys know. Um, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, um, we're so thankful for the beautiful morning that we had to come here and worship you together, Father. We all are all looking forward to uh, being together next week with all the ones that uh, we love and we miss and we haven't seen in a while. Father, just let us be mindful next week to, to, to do what's right. Just take a little uh, extra precaution just to make sure that uh, we don't um, and, and, uh, affect the loved ones that are around us. Uh, but we are so looking forward to next weekend, and, and we're, we feel blessed that we're going to be able to be together again. Heavenly Father, let us use the message today to keep us strong, and, and uh, as we leave here, that we show people who we are and what we believe in, and that we're not going to back down uh, no, matter, no matter what's in front of us, Father. Uh, we know that uh, we worship somebody that laid down everything for us to spend eternity with us. Father, just ask you to be with those that are sick, be with those in the military that are away from their loved ones, um, be with those that are giving care to, to those that are sick, Father. Just ask you to guide us, guard us, forgive us of our sins until we return again the next time. In Jesus' name, amen.